Bible said that at the entrance of your word bringeth light. Gracious Father, O oh God in heaven, just as it was in the beginning, you said, Let there be light. Lord, we speak the same word, O oh God, that let that light shine over us, O oh God, and let your word be made life to us, O oh God. Lord, I offer myself as the vessel through whom you would use. Lord, I ask that you would grant me utterance. Grant me the grace to convey your truth. And let the hearts of the people be convicted. And let the name of the Lord be glorified. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. And let the people say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Please be seated in God's presence. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Quickly let's open our Bibles to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis from the chapter 16 we're reading from verses 1 to 14 the book of genesis chapter 16 we're reading from verses 1 to 14 if you're there with me say amen and if you're not just say wait for me hallelujah amen okay in our usual manner let's read together one to go now sarai abraham's wife had not been able to bear children for him but she had an egyptian servant named hagar so Sarai said to Abram, The Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarah's proposal. So Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened ten years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress Sarai with contempt. Then Sarai said to Abram, This is your, all your fault. I put my servant into your arms, but now that she is pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who was wrong, you or me. Abram replied, Look, she's your servant, so deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarai treated Haggai so harshly that she finally ran away. The angel of the Lord found Haggai beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to shore. The angel said to her, Hagar, <coughs> Sarah's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she replied. The angel said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her authority. And he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, You are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. This son of yours will be a wild man, as untamed as a wild donkey. He would raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord, who had spoken to her. She said, You are the God who sees me. She also said, Have I truly seen the one who sees me? So that well was named 
Beer Lahai Roy, which means the well of the living one who sees me. It can still be found between Kadesh and Bered. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. For those of us who are taking notes, the title of my sermon is Remembrance Day. When God remembers. Hallelujah. Remembrance Day. When God remembers. Um, as a matter of tradition for all the Commonwealth countries, every November, and I think it's November 11th, um, is the day where um, they used to honor or to remember those who lost their lives in the First World War. Hallelujah. And so for that reason, it has always been a tradition all across in Canada. Unfortunately, um, a country where I come from, we don't celebrate it, although I'm part of the Commonwealth. But again, what I'm trying to emphasize here is the fact that there is that day when God remembers. Hallelujah. And so the nature of my message this morning, or this afternoon rather, for the sake of time, is a message of hope. Hope for that person who perhaps believes that God has forgotten. It's a message of hope for that person who believes that perhaps God does not remember. Or perhaps you're wondering that why are all this happening? My encouragement to you this morning is that what? There is a day of remembrance. Hallelujah. Praise God. And by the grace of God, I declare and decree over you that that day is today. That day is today. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I start my sermon here by saying that, you know, from our anchor text, we read quickly from the life of Sarah, Abraham, and Hagar. And the Bible made it so interesting that it said that as a result of how harsh Sarah had treated Hagar, Hagar had to leave and run away. Praise God. And so you realize that deeply seated in every human being here is a cry. There's everything that everybody wanted to be treated equal. Hallelujah. In other words, there is that desire for equality and equity. Praise God. In other words, whenever we, this is the reason why you will have, um, movements like the black lives matter and all that everybody wants to be you know the feminist movement everybody wants to be treated equal but when it comes to the dealings of god equity is different praise god in other words equity you begin to take into account several facts in other words is circumstantial and we begin to see that in the design of god here is the fact that god is a just god praise god god is a god of justice in other words when you are talking about god being just you don't talk about god being fair you know when you say you are being fair in other words you are in other words distributing distributing something equally but when you're talking about the justice of god he judges based on his own standards and how best he seems that situation to be praise the lord now we see in the bible in the book of luke chapter 18 from verses 1 to 3 time will not let us read it but the bible said that jesus was given an example of a woman who came to a judge who was what unjust praise god and he said that this woman was laboring before this judge saying avenge me of my adversaries in other words i desire what justice and jesus said that you know that just because of how persistent how resilient this woman was the bible said that what the judge gave her what she was asking for i'm going somewhere and jesus ended that scripture by saying that if this judge who did not know god could do this 
how much more of God? Praise God. In other words, that whenever you think that God has forgotten or that God is not dealing with you fairly, my encouragement to you this morning is that God is very much aware. You know, like the story of the lady Hagar, the Bible said that what? She said that, you know what? God truly sees. Hallelujah. And so the reality that I want us to settle in our heart this afternoon is the fact that what, number one is that what God is very much aware of where you are. Praise God. And so the, the challenge or whatever the, or the tribulation or the trials you're going through, it is not strange to God. As a matter of fact, through scripture, we begin to look at the nature of God. And the very first thing we were told about the nature of God is that what? That in the dealings of God, that God is what? Just. And the Bible says in the book of Psalm 89 verse 14, it says righteousness and justice are the foundations of your throne. Praise God. In other words, even if you don't get justice from the systems of, of men, and this is why sometimes I find it strange that we are trying to seek from men the things that only God can do. Praise the Lord. And so when you are crying out for justice, you are going to the wrong court. Because you realize that there are several factors. Human beings are flawed. And there are several reasons or the basis upon which they will arrive at their judgment. And so perhaps, even if you go to a judge for justice, what you get may not be satisfactory. But the Bible tells you that when you bring your case in God's court, you would get true justice. Hallelujah. Okay? The second nature about God here is that what? God is omniscient. And when you say God is omniscience, you are saying that God knows what? All things. And that's why from the scripture we read, the Bible tells us that what God truly sees. In other words, there is nothing that happens that God is not aware of. Praise God. And so if this now then, then is the case, we see here that, as a matter of fact, the Bible tells us as a proof that God is omniscient. It says in 1 John 3, 20, that even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so we begin to look at how God remembers. We look at through scriptures. When you read the book of Genesis 8 verse 1, the Bible said that what? And God remembered Noah. The Bible tells us that when God destroyed the earth with the flood, the Bible said that for 150 days, Noah was at sea. Praise God. And you realize that at some point in time, what became his salvation was a challenge. Because at that point in time, they were already exhausted from being at sea. But the Bible says in the verse 1 of chapter 8, that what? And God remembered Noah. And the moment that remembrance took place, something began to change in Noah's favor. Praise the Lord. You see the same circumstances with Rachel. When you read Genesis 30 verse 22, the Bible says that what Rachel was having difficulty having children, but there came a day, that day of remembrance that the Bible tells us that God remembered what Rachel and opened her womb and she was able to conceive. You read the story of Hannah is the same pattern. God remembered Hannah and she conceived. All I'm trying to say is that what? There is that day of remembrance. And that is that day when things change for the better. Hallelujah. But the reality of it is this. If we are saying that God is omniscience, then does it really mean that God forgets? Praise God. 
Because when you are trying to ascribe the nature of forgetting, only human beings forget. Praise God. Only human beings forget. As a matter of fact, when you read the book of Numbers 23 verse 19, that statement or, or Moses gave a very description of God. He started that passage by saying that what? God is not a man. Praise the Lord. God is not a man. In other words, when you are trying to judge God, you cannot use the characteristics of human beings to judge God. Praise the Lord. So when you realize that the God, that although the Bible says that what God remembers and that God is omniscient, it does not mean that God has forgotten. And if that then be the case, then we begin to look at several factors here. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 49 verse 14 to 16, just to validate the point that God never forgets. The Bible says that what Zion had said, that what God has forgotten me, praise God. But God in response through Isaiah says that can a mother forget her baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child that she has born? The Bible said that what even if she may forget. You see, when God begins to describe human beings, he uses the things that we can relate to. Praise God. The reason why you have some orphanage homes populated today is because at some point in time, for a reason best known to the mother, she decided to forget her child. Praise God. But God, in trying to convey his love and his passion for his people, used that description that if you want to understand the greatest love based on human judgment, so to speak, is the love that exists between a woman and her child. Praise the Lord. And so here, God begins to say that what even if a woman has the ability to forget her child, not I, God, Praise the Lord. And he says here that though she may forget, I will not forget you. And he says to prove my point, says, see, praise God, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. You see, growing up, whenever we were in school then, um, I wasn't always a good boy, so please bear with me. You know, when we were going into exam hall, and there were things, maybe a formula that, all you just needed was that formula, and you can, and you can solve the question. What do you do? You write it on your hands. Praise God. The reason why you wrote on your hand was what? You did not want to forget. Praise God. And now God is using that same description to say this. He's saying, see, I have written your names on the palms of my hands. In other words, that every time I look at my hands, I see you. Praise God. I see you and I remember. And so that should be enough validation to prove that God cannot forget. But if that be the case, then the question now begins to ask ourselves is what? What then does the Bible refer to when it says God remembers? And you begin to realize that when you are talking about God remembers, it's at that time where God begins to move in your favor. In other words, it's not about God forgetting, but it's at that Kairos moment. That particular instant when God decides to act in your favor. As a matter of fact, when you read all those passages that I told you about when God remembered this, God did something afterwards. It didn't just stop there. The Bible said that what? And God remembered Noah and the flood began to cease. God remembered Anna and she gave birth to her son. God remembered Rachel and opened her womb. God remembered Israel and he 
decided to save them from the hands of their oppressors. When you read the book of Exodus 6 verse 2. So you realize that when you are talking about God remembering, you are only making emphasis at that point in time when God took action in the favor of his people. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so then you begin to ask yourself, then how then does God remember? In that word, how then does God remember? And the very first thing we must understand is what? God has a book. God has a book. And we'll look at the scriptures when we see Psalm 56 verse 8. It says, you number my wanderings and you put my tears in a bottle. And the psalmist says what? Are they not in your book? Praise the Lord. You look at, you understand that what? God has a book. And in that book, God keeps what? Records. Praise the Lord. God keeps records. Revelation chapter 12 verse 20 verse 12 tells us that what? John said, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And what? The books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Praise God. So back to the justice of God. You understand that what God, the Bible said that, word, that the eyes of the Lord runs to and fro the earth to give to each man according to all that they have done. And so when you think that God has forgotten, the Bible is telling us that what? God keeps what? Records. We are looking at how does God remember. In other words, what brings it to the point where it becomes your day? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We understand that what? God keeps records. So number one is that what? God has a book. Number two is that he keeps records. And the number three point here is that what? God has a reward system. Praise God. You see, you'll be naive to expect that human beings will reward and God would not. The Bible says that what? That, I think it was in the book of Hebrews 6. It says, for God is not unjust to forget your good deeds. Praise God. In other words, it says here in Revelation 20 verse 15, it says, anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book was thrown in the lake of fire. Hebrews 11 verse 6 tells us that what? And it is impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who comes to him must believe that God exists. And what? He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God operates a reward system. Praise God. God operates a reward system. And his rewards are based on what was recorded. Praise the Lord. His rewards are based on what? What was recorded. So the question now is how then do I provoke a remembrance? Now the Bible gives us a very interesting story in the book of Esther. Coincidentally, the book of Esther is the only book in the Bible where God was not mentioned. But God was a type. Praise God. And so when you look at the life of Esther, you begin to see Jesus in a pictorial form. When you look at King Ahasuerus, Ahasuerus represents the father. Praise God. And so you begin to understand how God deals with his people. And the Bible tells us in Esther chapter 6 verse 1, a very, very powerful story. Esther chapter 6 verse 1, it says that that night, the king had trouble sleeping. Praise God. And so he ordered an attendant to bring what? The book of history. 
of his reign so that it could be read to him. And in those records, he discovered an account of how Mordecai had exposed the plots of Bigthana and Teresh, two of the eunuchs who guarded the door to the king's private quarters. They had plotted to assassinate King Xerxes. And it says, what reward or recognition did we give Mordecai for this? God is not unjust to forget. That's why I'm bringing that message of encouragement and hope to someone. That perhaps you feel that God has not forgotten, that God has forgotten you. So long as you are not rewarded yet, hold on. Your reward is coming. Praise God. So long as you have not received your reward yet, my encouragement to you this afternoon is what? Hold on. Praise the Lord. And it says here that what, what reward or recognition did we give Mordecai for this? The king asked and his attendants replied, Nothing has been done for him. Who is that in the outer court? And the king inquired and as he was Haman and had just arrived in the court of the palace to ask the king to impale Mordecai on the pole that he had prepared. And so we know how this offered for those who know. The story ends at what, as a result of what Mordecai did for the king, Mordecai was re rewarded justly based on what he did for the king. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so then, I atomize three things that we can do to provoke God's remembrance. Number one, I said that what is good deeds. Praise God. Because the reality of it is that, you know, sometimes as a result of people letting us down or disappointing us we cease to do good deeds any longer so for instance you did one good deed for someone and the person betrayed you and you said hey, this is how people is you know what i choose to stop doing it for anybody else guess what you have just enlisted yourself on those who would not be remembered because you see that what god keeps what records and every record he has is has an attendant reward to it. The Bible says here in Galatians 6 verse 9 9 to 10 it says, so let's not get tired doing what is good at just the right time praise God at just the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up therefore Whenever we have the opportunity to do good, do. Hallelujah. Whenever you have the opportunity to do good, you see what you do. The Bible says that what we don't know when what we sow would come. So I sow in the morning, I sow in the afternoon, I sow in the evening. But I know one thing that is guaranteed. There is always what? A harvest. If your desire is to always be remembered by God, I say this so strongly in my heart because the reality of it is what? This is God's desire. This is God's desire for his people. And the Bible tells us what? For God is not unjust to forget the labor of love which you have shown towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do also minister. And so you realize that whenever the devil wants to attack anybody, he starts with the aspect of discouragement. You have done good, you did not see the reward, and so for that reason, you want to stop. The Bible tells us that what? Do not be weary 
in doing good. Don't get tired of doing good. The Bible said that what everywhere Jesus went, he was what? Doing good. Doing good. So long as you are a Christian, your obligation to God is that what everywhere you go, your responsibility is to sow seeds of goodness. That goodness could be a word of encouragement. That's, that goodness could be a seed of prayer in your private place. You're interceding for someone who is going through a challenge. That seed of goodness could be that you have something and you desire to share. Praise the Lord. You know, last week Sunday we announced it about the educational grant. And I saw some people taking pictures of how they want to do the transfer. And I was touched. Because the reality of it is that you look at it and say, but these people are students. How can they be given to students? But the reality of it is what God keeps records. Praise the Lord. God is not unjust. That's why sometimes when God is blessed, people get angry. Praise God. And people attack men of God. Oh, you're this, you're that. But the reality of it is, did you ask what they were doing when they were not seen? Praise the Lord. Because when God rewards, everybody sees. But when you are sowing your seeds of goodness, nobody sees. Praise God. But God is a just God. And so long as you uphold your responsibility to do good, I guarantee you in Christ that what you will surely receive your reward. Hallelujah. Number two is prayer. How do I provoke a, my day of remembrance? Is what? Prayer. In other words, we understand fully well that prayer is us communicating with God regarding his will and his desires for us. Praise the Lord. We look at the book of 2 Kings chapter 20. A very interesting story here. The Bible says, so when you are praying, what do you pray? Praise the Lord. Because when you are praying to God about remembrance, what then do you pray? We see an example here in the life of Hezekiah. The Bible said that about the time Hezekiah became deathly ill, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, went to visit him and he gave him this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order for you are going to die and you will not recover from this illness. He says, but when Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and what? Prayed to the Lord. You see, when you hear news, the Bible said that what Jesus was never confused because he knew what to do. Praise God. You are only confused when you don't know what to do. But this was Hezekiah. Bad news was brought to him. But the Bible said that what? I know what to do. And the Bible tells that what? He turned his face to the wall. And what did he tell the Lord? He said, remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. But before Isaiah had left the middle courtyard, this message came to him from the Lord saying, Go back to Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David says. I have what? Heard your prayer and I've seen your tears. I will heal you. And three days from now, you will get out of your bed and go to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life and I will rescue you and this city from the king of Assyria. I would defend the city for my own honor and for the sake of my servant David. Praise God. Good deeds. So when you are praying before God, you are reminding him, not that he forgot, 
but you are what laying your strong case before God. The Bible says in the book of Acts of Apostles that there was a lady called Dorcas. That this lady had died, but the people said no. Why did she rise from the dead? Her good deeds. Because their concern was if this lady should die, who then will continue looking after us? So you realize that your records before God, God is not unjust to forget. And the reality of it is that every good deed you do, you are also preserving it for the next generation. Praise the Lord. Because God is a God that never ever forgets. Finally, is that what? You must remain in joy. You must remain in joy. If God is going to remember you, in other words, if time is going to be in your favor, you must learn to preserve joy. Every time the enemy attacks, he's attacking your joy. He wants you to lose your peace with God. And for that reason, you begin to complain and you murmur. Then you do what? You have lost your harvest. The Bible tells us that what? In Habakkuk, Habakkuk, Habakkuk 3 from verse 17 to 19. It says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty, and barren, even though the flocks die and the field and the cattle's barns are empty, it says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength, and he makes me a super-footed, as a sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. Praise God. That is why I enjoy the testimony of our sister, Lovely. You know, and the friend was saying, but you're going to vigil to go and thank God. He said, I have to thank him for what he has done. It may not look like it yet, but my responsibility is to maintain my attitude of thanksgiving before God. Because after all, you know, someone said, if you have lost anything at all, God is the reason why you do not lose everything. Praise God. If you have lost anything at all, God is the reason why you have not lost everything. The enemy's agenda is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But it's by the mercy of God that you and I are preserved. And so when you have this understanding, then you know fully well how to secure your day of remembrance. Because the reality of it is what? Every day is God's day. But the day you agree is the day it becomes your day. Praise the Lord. Every day is God's day. But the day you choose to align yourself with these principles, that's the day it becomes your day. And someone ended it by saying this, that said the Father is truly the only promise keeper or the promise maker, who in his earnest is a promise keeper. A promise from God is a promise that is kept. God can be relied on. God can be trusted. And I pray in the name of Jesus, even as we venture into this month of divine remembrance, that you will end this month testifying that God remembered me. Let us bow our heads even as we pray. Everlasting Father God in heaven, I thank you for your word that has come at this point in time to inspire our hearts unto hope that Lord, we will not give up. Lord, we just want to say thank you for this is a proof that you are mindful of us. But the reality of it is this. 
God can only remember those whose names are written in the book of life. In other words, only those who have chosen to make Jesus their Lord and their personal Savior. So perhaps you are here or you are watching us online and you are yet to accept the Lordship of Jesus. Why don't you say this with me and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Cleanse me of my sins. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I ask that you would purge me with your blood. Grant me the privilege to walk in the realities of the new creation. Even as I confess you as my Lord and my personal Savior. In Jesus mighty name. Father Lord, I pray for everyone that has said this prayer. Even for those who are already in the fold of Christ. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus. That Lord, the strength they need to hold on to the very end. Lord, release in the name of Jesus. Your word says that he who is able to keep you from falling. Lord, I ask that you would keep each and every one in the name of Jesus. That no one will fall by the wayside. No one will take the wrong step. But Lord, we will look unto you, Jesus. And our faces will be radiant. And we will no longer be ashamed. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name.